You know, Thanksgiving has always been um, one of my most favorite holidays. I don't know about you all. Uh, it's one that gets lost often um, in Christmas, uh, especially these days. But um, it has always been um, one of the most joyful times that I've experienced. Um, but you know, I have to admit that um, in the last five to ten years, uh, being thankful on Thanksgiving has uh, gotten a little bit harder. Um, you know, it used to be really easy to be thankful on Thanksgiving. Um, it, it always, for us, was a time for family to gather. When I was a younger kid, uh, my grandmother, my aunts, my uncles, we'd all gather together at Grandma's house and have all the fixings. yes? Uh, cranberry relish and, and dressing with and without oysters and with and without nuts and uh, turkey and uh, sweet potatoes and you name it, we had it. And then we'd sit down about one o'clock and we'd eat until about seven or eight at night or um, at least graze until then, right? And, and even... Um, Oh, probably about, about 20 years ago, one of my cousins so missed those gatherings that uh, she began to host Thanksgiving at her house. And, um, and, and we would always make it a point to go back to Poplar Bluff on Thanksgiving and um, be with aunts and uncles and cousins and listen to the stories that we told year after year. Uh, but of course, they got bigger and bigger and bigger, yes? Um, and enjoyed those times together. Uh, but probably about 10 years ago, we stopped doing that. Because you see, my aunts and uncles, who uh, some lived in Michigan and some in Florida and some in Pennsylvania, it became harder and harder for them uh, to simply travel back to southeast Missouri. And then five or six years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that, uh, my aunts and uncles they started dying. And not only were they not able to come, um, we weren't able to talk with them anymore. A couple of years ago, my uh, stepdad died in September, and uh, his birthday is in November. A and that was a difficult Thanksgiving uh, because it was uh, the first uh, Thanksgiving that I had experienced without his presence. And, and this year, um, we have lost Deb's dad. And again, we'll be experiencing Thanksgiving without another family member. Even over the last four or five years, as, as Deb's dad lived with us and we watched his disease progress, Thanksgiving and offering thanks became... A little bit more difficult. Maybe that's why I am drawn to this scripture uh, from Mark chapter 5. It's a strange Thanksgiving um, passage, let me tell you. Uh, but I invite you to hear these words from Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Jesus and his disciples, they came to the other side of the lake to the region of Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs. 
This man lived among the tombs. No one was ever strong enough to restrain him, even with a chain. He had been secured many times with leg irons and chains, but he broke the chains and smashed the leg irons. No one was tough enough to control him. Night and day in the tombs and the hills, he would howl and cut himself with stones. Get the picture of just how wild and crazy this demon-possessed man was. When Jesus saw him from afar, he ran up, he knelt before him, shouting, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. He said this because Jesus had already commanded him, the unclean spirit, come out of the man. And Jesus said to him, what is your name? And he responded, Legion is my name because we are many. They pleaded with Jesus not to send them out of that region. And so there was a large herd of pigs that was feeding on the hillside. Send us into the pigs, they begged. Let us go into the pigs. Jesus gave them permission, so the unclean spirits left the man. They went into the pigs. And then the herd of about 2,000 pigs rushed down the cliff into the lake and drowned. Those who tended the pigs, they ran away, and they told the story in the city and in the countryside. And people came to see what had happened. They came to Jesus... And they saw the man who used to be demon-possessed. They saw the very man who had been filled with many demons sitting there fully dressed and completely sane. And they were filled with awe. But those who had actually seen what had happened to the demon-possessed man, they they told the others about the pigs. And then... All the people pleaded with Jesus to leave that region. Now the story goes on. You're familiar with the story. It goes on. It talks about the demon-possessed man wanting to go with Jesus and Jesus telling him to stay. And we're told that he goes and he shares his story. I purposely stop here. Because you see, I think it's easy for us to place ourselves in the shoes of the demon-possessed man. Uh, But I find myself more and more as I read this story these days, putting myself in the shoes of the person who owned the pigs. Can you do that? I mean, many of you are farmers. You shouldn't have too hard doing that, right? Um, Can you put yourselves in the shoes of the one who owns the pigs? He witnesses this great act. He goes and he tells other people. They come and they see uh, this demon-possessed man who is now calm and sane, uh, sitting there and obviously completely changed. And they are in awe. They are probably wondering what magnificent thing this is. And then the man who owns the pigs says... But what about the pigs? My pigs. The ones that ran over the cliff and are gone. What about, how can you be happy and joy? My pigs are dead. 
He shifts the focus away from the demon-possessed to his pigs. And what happens to the crowds? Boy, the crowds are fickle in the Bible, aren't they? They're in awe of Jesus until attention is drawn to the pigs. And then what do they say? Oh my goodness, Jesus has got to go. My pigs might be the next ones to go over the cliff. I read this and I think of this passage because I am reminded that our response to things happening in the world really does depend on where we place our focus, doesn't it? It depends on whether our focus is on the pigs, my pigs, or whether the focus is on the demon-possessed man. Isn't it so easy for us to focus on what we have lost. So easy for us to to focus on what we have lost, to focus on what we need or wish we had or what we want or lack. It is so easy for us to focus on our own difficulties and our hurt and our pain. It's also easy for us um, as communities and as a nation uh, to become so self-referenced that we look at our community and our world and what's going on and we can see all that is Wrong. All that is broken. And we can wonder why even talk about Thanksgiving when all of this bad is going on in the world. And what happens to us when we focus? on the bad things that are happening in our lives. We become overwhelmed and we even become bitter if it becomes the entire focus of our lives. But when we take time to reflect, we can also see God's goodness, can't we? Thanksgiving could be this time in which we lament all the people that we used to have, all of the family members that I used to gather with. It could be a time to lament that that no longer um, do we gather as a family and, and enjoy telling those stories. Or it can be a time when even as I miss those who are no longer here, that I remember. I remember their lives. Maybe even I tell Deb some of the stories that they tell and make them even bigger than they used to make them. Yeah, that's really fun. A time to remember how they have blessed my life and shaped my life. You see the difference? That it makes depending on where we choose to focus. At every moment, have you ever thought about this? I I think about this more and more. At every moment in life, 
there is something bad that is happening. Probably to somebody I know, even maybe within me that I don't know, there is something bad that is going on everywhere in the world at every moment, yes? How come it's so easy for us to focus on those things? Because you know another truth? At every moment in my life, there is something good going on. Even if it's not happening to me, there is something good happening to other people and people I know. And even when I don't think anything good is happening for me, I believe that good things are happening within me because of the Spirit. Yes? I mean, is that not true? At this very moment, there are good things and bad things going on in the world. And we can choose where to place our focus. See, this is what I've learned about Thanksgiving. And even though being thankful takes a little bit more work and a little bit more intentionality, the thankfulness that I experience on Thanksgiving is deeper than the thanks that I experienced 20 years ago. Because it was easy to be thankful when I could gather as family. It takes a little bit more to be thankful when, those, when that family can no longer gather around me. And I can choose to focus on the good things that God has done and God is doing. You see, being thankful is not just about what's happening to me or to you in this moment or in the moments to come or in this week or in this holiday. Being thankful is about where we choose to place our focus. Where we take focus on all the evil in the world and all the bad, even the bad that has happened to us, or will we choose to look and acknowledge that God is at work? And even if your Thanksgiving may be like mine, a Thanksgiving which will probably uh, cause tears to come to my eyes, at the same time as I remember all the blessings that I have received and experienced, we can choose to be thankful. Now I need that reminder, because you know, sometimes as pastors, uh, and maybe this was my nature even before I was a pastor, I kind of look at the world, um, and I'm always wanting to improve the world, and so I can always see what needs to be done, what could be fixed, what could be done better, and, um, and so sometimes I, I worry that in the church, um, when, um, when I challenge us as a congregation to do more, that we fail to stop and celebrate all the good that is and continues to go on. Do you hear me? 
And so it's not that we just gloss over the bad that's going on in the world, uh, but we allow um, the knowledge that God is at work to shape us and to form us and to encourage us, and then we offer ourselves to God in hopes that He will use us and work through us to make a difference in the lives of other people so that they might experience blessings. To reach into those broken places and heal people. There is much to be thankful for. There is much that we could yet do as a congregation, yes? But you know what? Humor me for a little bit. Would um, all the folks who help on Wednesday night stand up? Um, Anybody who works in the nursery, stand up. Probably the same people. Oh, there's a few more. Anybody who folds the newsletter, stand up. I don't know if they're here today or not. Anybody who helped at Festival of Sharing? No, stay standing, please. Can you do that? If if you need to sit down, that's okay. Festival of Sharing. Anybody? um, Activity and Festival of Sharing. Uh, Oh, the folks who do the memorial um, dinners, stand up. Come on. Uh, people who uh, get, put things in the blessing box or bring things in for the blessing box. Stand up. Those who uh, help at the food pantry or give to the food pantry, stand up. If you're a greeter or an usher, stand up. If you help with security, stand up. If you work in the sound booth and do AV and help with that, stand up. If you participate in youth ministry, stand up. If you're a Stephen minister, if you've been on a mission team, if you uh, prepare coffee, if you're on the prayer team, stand up. If you pray for the church, oh wait, if you're in the choir, stand up. (laughs) If you pray and you give and you serve at the church, stand up. There is much. If you're here today, stand up. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to leave, but I, there is a lot. There is a lot of ministry that this church does. Yes, there is much more that we can do. But we can't do it all. But we we do need to take time to celebrate. To celebrate the ministries that we currently do. You see, this Thanksgiving, when I might be feeling a little blue because family's not around me, I'll remember your faces. I'll remember the good that you bring into Cameron and this world. And I will celebrate. And I will choose to be thankful. Find my Bible. I'm going to read from Psalm 100 again while you all stand. Is that okay? Shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. 
Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before Him with shouts of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us and we belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His own pasture. Enter His gates with thanks and enter His courtyards with praise. Thank Him and bless His name. That is a choice that we can make this day and every day and every day of worship because the Lord is Good. Do you believe that? The Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. And His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. Don't believe it because I say so. Believe it because people long ago who worship God said it. Believe it. Because people today experience it, and we experience it. God is good. His love lasts forever. And His faithfulness goes from generation to generation. Even if the world is falling apart around me, I will grab a hold of that. And I will choose to offer thanks and praise to the good God who created us and shapes us and forms us. Amen? Amen. Can you shout with joy?